The Veterans Report is sponsored by James Cannon. Welcome to the Veterans Report, the region's only show dedicated to those who have served our country. We have the latest news and information on resources available to veterans, including health care, education, employment tips, local volunteer organizations, and more. To those who have served, those who are serving, and to those who will, we salute you. And now, the host of the Veterans Report, Jim Cannon. Hi there, and welcome back to the Veterans Report. We appreciate you guys uh, tuning in today. Hope everybody is having a wonderful week and wonderful weekend. I do want to give a shout-out to our friends over in France and say happy Bastille Day. Even though it means nothing to me personally, it means a lot to France. So good job. Uh, I also want to say uh, hello to our friends at WTF Nation Radio. And if you have not tuned into one of their shows yet, do it. You're going to have fun. It's interactive. Um, they have different content every day of the week, and it's, uh, it's <laughs> it, it was an interesting one this week. Uh, there were a couple of conversations that, that went down the rabbit hole, which uh, I tend to enjoy thoroughly. So uh, if, you're, if you're a vet, if, you have any, uh, if you're not a vet, if you have any interest in, in military stuff, uh, really just current news and events, uh, jump on WTF Nation Radio. Um, so today... Check this out. I'm kind of geeked out. We have a uh, we're going to have a guest at the halfway point, and uh, this is going to be awesome. It's a gentleman named Ryan Weaver, and he is a he's a country music uh, singer musician. And I'm not going to give it away because uh, we're gonna we're gonna walk through his story. But man, you talk about someone who um, who, who sort of went through the ringer personally. And is still out there, you know, maintaining a positive attitude and, and, and doing good things and making really good music. And uh, so check him out uh, between now and then. If you have a minute, maybe jump online, check out some of his music videos. They're uh, they're motivational. They're not like uh, I don't want to slam any other country artists. Um, <laughs> I won't. But uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So stick around for uh, for that. That interview, like I said, it's going to happen at the halfway point. Uh, Ryan's a great guy, really humble, very intelligent, an Army vet, and um, like I said, making country music, and, and he's he's out there doing it. He's living that, that rock star life, so it's going to be really cool to talk to Ryan. Uh, what else? So there's some other stuff. You know what? Uh, I'll have to get back to that. I had promised somebody to, I was going to read, um, I was going to go through a schedule of events for a particular organization, and I don't have the dates for it, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, so D-Train, if you're listening, I'll have to get back to you next week, man. I'm sorry. Uh, da, da, da. So I don't know if you, if any of you had been watching the, uh, I mean, as much as you can without poking out your own eyeballs, uh, the, the the stuff going on in Congress, this congressional committee with uh, Peter Strzok and uh, the whole FBI thing, I haven't had a chance to watch a lot of it, but I, <laughs> I did manage to catch a clip of uh, there was a they were they were questioning this this Peter Strzok guy, right? He's an FBI agent and he's in the middle of all this text messaging and, you know, hiding information and all this other stuff. Right. So it's. So it was very contentious, very contentious, very hostile. And a guy named uh, Steve Cohen, a representative named Steve Cohen, um, where's he from? I want to say, you know what? I don't. I think it's Tennessee. Uh, anyway, so this guy, a a uh, 
<laughs> Steve Cohen, and I got—I'm going to tee this up because I don't—I don't want to take political sides on the air, right? So the Republicans are hammering the FBI. They're hammering this straw guy, saying he lied and he's hiding everything, and it's a cover-up. On the other side, the Democrats are trying to, you know, defend him and sort of run interference during during questioning, and uh, and really. Um, it's combative, right? So, so they've, they've clearly drawn the battle lines. And so they're going to bat for this guy, and they're, they're trying to make him this heroic figure. So, and that's the key, right? So this representative, this congressman, Steve Cohen, uh, where is it? Where is it? So they're going through all this stuff, and he said, oh, man, where is it? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, okay, here it is. During the tense hearing, yeah, here it is. The Tennessee Democrat told Strzok, this FBI dude, this is a quote. If I could give you a purple heart, I would. You deserve one. He then went on to say that the hearing, quote, has been an attack on you and a way to attack special counsel Robert Mueller in the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election. He, he actually said that, right? So that here, here's a sitting congressman who said that an FBI agent who is, who's being questioned by a congressional committee deserves a purple heart because the questions were hard. I'm not I'm not making that up. <laughs> this is the state of politics in our country now. This this is this is why you know I, well I, I tend to believe that we we don't always get the highest common denominator when it comes to elected office. And that's true at a lot of levels, but but this guy um and look, I'm not I'm not piling on him just cuz he's a democrat. It, this is just a this could have been anybody, right? This is just a dumb statement. That's just dumb. So he got a ton of blowback, I mean, immediately, right? Including, I mean, it wasn't just Republicans. It was celebrities. It was it was guys who actually have Purple Hearts. And then the uh, military order of the Purple Heart chimed in as well and basically said, uh, wrong, 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 wrong. So Cohen then turned around and he issued a statement uh, expressing his regret. And uh, it says, this is a quote, I regret mentioning the Purple Heart Medal at yesterday's hearing. My intent was to speak metaphorically to make a broader point about attacks against the FBI and Special Counsel, Counsel Mueller's investigation into a Russian attack on our country. I have nothing but the highest respect for members of the armed forces, especially those who have been awarded Purple Hearts. Blah, blah, blah. And it goes on. Um, and then, of course, he, he that was the middle of the statement. He ends the statement by making it partisan and political. Um Anyway, so he, he he backed off of it, but wow. Talk about a brain melt. A purple heart for being questioned. <laughs> uh, do, so in a, in a case like that, do you do you blame uh do you blame a congressman for his ignorance or do you blame the education system? Do you blame society? Do you do you look at this and think, you know what? Um Maybe he's not that bright, but it's our fault, right? It's our fault for not imparting upon him the wisdom and the education with respect to mm, various medals and awards in the military. I mean, you, you don't have to you don't have to have a strong background in the military. You don't to to know about the Purple Heart or the Medal of Honor. Like you, you know what I mean? It, it's it's pretty well known. It's it's. So I I don't know. It's maybe it is our fault, right, for dropping the ball on that. And you know what? Now that I've said that, now that I've said that, let me ruminate a bit. 
perhaps this is a, an opportunity, a, a wonderful opportunity for, for a group like the Order of the Purple Heart or, you know, some of these other groups to educate politicians to go in there and say, hey, we're going to have a, you know, we're going to have a, a whatever. I don't, I don't even know what you'd call it, a, a military education day in the Capitol and make sure all the reps and the senators and everybody else is there and all their staffers. Because, oh, well, hello. Um, just make sure that everybody's tracking. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. We'll, we'll see what happens. Anyway, I I, I will give the guy credit for uh, at least acknowledging that he made a dumb statement. Shouldn't have made it, but you know, at least he, at least he owned it. I guess <laughs> after he was forced to. So speaking of veterans organizations, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with an organization called Got Your Six. This group, um, da, 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 got your six. I'm, I don't have it written down. But basically, um, they, man, the phones are going nuts in here, aren't they? Ring, 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 ring. Um, hold on a second. I don't fix that. Uh, so got your six works with the entertainment industry, right? It involves vets in the entertainment industry and uh, and that partners, it basically builds partnerships with, with Hollywood and government and nonprofits. And it's been, it's been, uh, really successful. They haven't, at least from what I've seen, they haven't gotten a lot of press out there. And I don't know if that's self-induced or just people aren't picking up on it, but, um, great organization had a lot of energy, really, uh, good momentum moving forward and, and got a lot of vets involved in, um, well, entertainment, entertainment, media, right? That kind of business. Well, that group, Got Your Six, was just acquired by the Bob Woodruff Foundation. And I don't know how many of you remember, but Bob Woodruff was a reporter for, oh man, was it ABC? I think it was ABC. And uh, he was overseas and he got hit. Um, Yeah, they, I think it was ABC. Yeah. Anyway, they uh, he was in a vehicle and he got hit. They got hit by an, uh, with an IED, and Woodruff almost died. I mean, it was real severe injuries, and he he went through. Oh man, it was like two years of rehab. He had to learn to talk again. He had to learn to walk again. Um, and he was. I, I always liked Woodruff. I always thought he was a good reporter. You know, um, very adept. Anyway, so as a result of his incident overseas in Iraq. He founded this, the Bob Woodruff Foundation. And obviously, given his connections through the media in New York and L.A. and everywhere else, this thing caught fire quick, and it became a really big organization. Uh, a lot of sway and doing a lot. Uh, great fundraising. Again, good momentum, just like Got Your Six. But uh, the Woodruff Foundation is one of the biggest veteran support foundations in the country. And uh, they, they've been doing sort of the same thing as Got Your Six, right? So they bring together entertainment, media, business, and they tell stories, like veteran stories and uh, military families. And they give them an opportunity, like an avenue, right? They give them an avenue to, to tell their story and let people know uh, what they're going through, uh, primarily through, through entertainment. But uh, so anyway, the Bob Woodruff Foundation just acquired um, Got Your Six, which is, personally, I think that's good news. I do. Uh, as long as they don't, um, I don't know. I, I guess they're, the press release didn't say either way. 
and maybe they'll let the Got Your Six group continue under its own name, but maybe they won't. I don't know. It'd be a shame to watch it all go away. But if they can, if by combining forces they can get more done, then it totally makes sense. But uh, we'll see, you know. Um, so they said it, it, it just seemed like a natural kind of fit for those groups to, to hook up with each other. So congrats to everybody involved in that. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> the purple heart story. That still makes me laugh. That's a good one. The purple heart. Oh, man. Could you imagine if you'd been in high school and, and somebody started hammering you about not getting your homework done? You'd be like, oh, I should get a purple heart for this. That's kind of what it reminded Like, that's how dopey that statement was on Cohen's part. Like, come on, man. Come on. So I don't know if you saw that, uh, so the, the the VA, right, and the ongoing saga of the VA. So the VA has been looking for a new uh, secretary, <coughs> excuse me, um, since their last one got, I don't know, left. We'll just say left. Um, that was David Shulkin. Uh, so they've been sort of, you know, a ship without a captain for a while. And they, the Trump administration had teed somebody up, uh, Dr. Uh, what was his name? Ronnie Johnson, and he got bounced because it just became too contentious too fast. Anyway, so Robert Wilkie, who I believe was the undersecretary for uh, a long time, he was teed up as the next guy in line to take over as VA secretary. Well, he cleared the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee. This week, in a vote that uh, it, it um, well, it wasn't contentious. It was a good vote. The only no vote on the committee, and this blows my mind. I don't even know how the how was this guy on the on the committee. The only no vote in the committee was cast by Senator Bernie Sanders, who told reporters he was voting quote less against Mr. Wilkie than against President Trump. What, are are you serious? So he just, he basically just said, I'm going to make this whole thing political because I don't like Donald Trump. That's cool. All right. And hey, Bernie, you know, there are a lot of vets who are Democrats too and independents. They vote. <laughs> Man, that is, like I said, we don't always get the, the highest common denominator when it comes to elected officials. He actually said that. Voting less against Mr. Wilkie than against President Trump. That is sad. Sanders then tried to justify that, of course, saying that he fears Wilkie would move to privatize health care at the VA under the recently passed VA Mission Act, which calls for extending the VA Choice Program on community care options for one year while consolidating and reforming the way it is administered. <sighs> Yeah. So the Mission Act, it, it had it, it basically changed some things for VA care, the caregivers program for severely disabled vets. Right. So the cares, caregivers. Why do I have such a problem saying that the caregivers program had been limited to post 9-11 vets? But the changes in this Mission Act would then extend the caregiver benefits to veterans of all eras. Which, I, you know, common sense move, right, because there were a lot of Vietnam vets who were left in the lurch. 
Korea too, but I mean primarily the Vietnam vets who, uh, you know, they ha- a lot of them have home caregivers, and they're like, hey, we're we're kind of we're kind of getting shortchanged here, folks. Uh, so that's primarily what the Mission Act did, in addition to the the other stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, but anyway, so Wilkie was confirmed by the Senate uh, Veterans Affairs Committee, and I believe. I believe his next vote will be the full Senate, if I recall. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully uh, there aren't more people who think along the same lines as Mr. Sanders. Uh, you know, look, how, how, how often or how many times do vets have to be used? The whole veteran thing, and I mean on both sides, right, Republican and Democrat— how many, How often does this have to happen where vets are used as props, right, or pawns, or, or you know, they become the, the flag in the middle of the rope in tug-of-war? You know, and it's like this ridiculous, uh, transparent, silly fight by both parties to see, you know— who can portray themselves as more patriotic and, and more empathetic and more, and more feeling— Give me a break. Just do the right thing. How about that? Do the right thing. Do it on balance, right? I, I don't know. I get that Congress has to be involved. I get that sen- the Senate has to, you know, the House and the Senate both have to be involved. I get that. But, you know, maybe the VA, maybe at the top level, right, maybe the department should be run purely by civilians, right? There shouldn't be any politics in that. Not run by What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Because it is run by civilians, but um, there should be like a civilian commission whose only purpose in life is oversight of the VA, and then all they would do the only involvement, the only involvement that Congress would have is this oversight committee. And I know there's already one, but I'm I'm getting lofty here. Just let me pontificate, <coughs> and let me cough too. Um, so this oversight committee, all they would do is go to Congress. Let me back that up. The only role Congress would play would be funding, right? An up or down vote on funding. So this group would would put together VA priorities, put together a budget, put together a needs list, right? Whatever it is, draft all that stuff, go to Congress and say, here is what we're requesting. Take it or leave it. And instead, what we get, we get these Mickey Mouse uh, confirmation hearings that are made for TV because everybody wants to go on C-SPAN and... You know, just like this FBI thing, right? People want to posture and they want to get sound bites and video clips and and you know act like act like fools. And meanwhile, there are people sitting at home. There are vets at home uh, who are reliant upon this organization uh, really to get on with their lives. I mean, we have amputees in this country. We have people with with health problems. I've covered the burn pit story how many times? Right? A lot of those folks don't have their own private health insurance. They rely solely on the VA for that. All right? I'm, not, I'm not talking about, you know, Joe Schmuckatelli who, uh, you know, stubbed his toe on his third deployment. And now he's claiming 30%. Right? Because those people, I, I don't have any use for them. I have no use for them. Oh, I, you know, I, I cut my finger and it got infected and I had to take penicillin. So now I get, now I get a disability rating. Get, get out of, get, go away. 
There are people in this country with real needs. There are vets with real needs, and they rely solely on the VA to meet those needs. And we keep getting politicians, you know, batting this thing back and forth like it's a game. You know, enough is enough. This is why, and I'm going to tell all of you, this is why elections are so important, right? This is why it's important to be an educated voter. And I don't care, right? Vote left, vote right, vote middle, vote Mars. I don't care. But you got to be educated, right? If you are a vet and you rely on the VA for your health care, right, you better educate yourself. And you need to get involved. You can't sit on the sidelines and let people like, you know, the, the bigger VSOs in D.C. run the show. They have a different agenda than you do. For those of you sitting at home in Missouri or Pittsburgh or Fort Lauderdale or Plano, Texas, right, or Mesa, right, and you have needs from the VA, you rely on medicine, you rely on medical treatment, you rely, you have to go to your appointments, right? Maybe you lost an eye. Maybe you lost a limb. You have a completely different agenda than those VSOs in D.C. They can be the battering ram. They can do it, and they do it because it's, I mean, it's obviously, it, it's, you know, like a self-fulfilling uh, kind of thing for them, right? The more they lobby and the more legislation they tee up, uh, you know, the, the better they look in the eyes of the veteran world, I'm not knocking them. I mean, they, they've gotten a lot of stuff done over the years, but they have a different agenda. They go for the 30,000-foot view. They're not down in the weeds, right? So if you're a vet and you rely on the VA, nonsense like what Bernie Sanders said, uh, you better pay attention to it. Because he's not—I'm just picking on him because that was the quote in the story, right? At least he was—I'll give him credit. At least he was honest. <laughs> he, was, he was very blunt about it, right? No, oh, it's purely political. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for the uh, thanks for the statement there, Bernie. But he's not the only one. There are people on both sides that think that way. So if you're a vet, you know, educate yourself. Go read up on who stands where. Uh, look at their track record. And if they have a record like this, like like making things political, get rid of them. Doesn't matter if they have an R or D by their name. And you know what helps? You know what's going to help you? Engaging with your local representatives. Not your local, your representatives for, for your district, right? The folks serving in the House. Those are the people that need to hear from you. Senators, I'm going to tell you right now, U.S. senators, by and large, uh, you know, they, they filter things, and they, and they cover a wider swath than the reps do, right? But the reps are the ones on the ground. They need to hear from you. So R, D, liberal, conservative, uh, you know, short, tall, black, white, doesn't matter, earthling, Martian, contact your reps, Right. Figure out where you want this stuff to go. Do you do you want another political hearing? Do you want another uh, circus on the floor of the Senate over over who's going to lead the VA? Like I can think of about 100 other priorities in this country. That. You know, I don't I, I would prefer both parties get along, but I know they're going to fight. Right. They're going to lock horns over stuff. And there are 100 other issues I could pick and go, you know what, go fight over these. But not not the VA, not the VA. That's ridiculous. All right, I'm off my soapbox now. <sighs> Speaking, well, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm going to climb back up on my soapbox here real quick. So there was a recently announced change 
for those of you uh, who have not read this, to the GI Bill. The Department of Defense has changed the stipulations in regards to transferring the GI Bill to the service members' family members. In the past, the primary stipulation was that the service member had to serve at least six years before their GI Bill could be applied to their spouse or children. This has remained the same, but now, here we go, now if the person decides to stay in the military for longer than six years or 16 years, their family members are no longer eligible to have the benefit transferred to them. They also must have signed up for another four years after their initial six to meet this criterion. Think about that, right? So in short, if you're a career military guy or, or gal, uh, after 16 years in the service, your spouse and or kids will no longer be able to use your GI Bill. <laughs> uh, Director of, of Accession's Policy, Office of the Secretary of Defense, Stephanie Miller, said, quote, After a thorough review of the policy, we saw a need to focus on retention in a time of increased growth of the armed forces. This change continues to allow career service members that earned this benefit to share it with their family members while they continue to serve. This change is an important step to preserve the distinction of transferability as a retention incentive. Uh, yeah, no. I don't know how that's going to help retention with careerists if after 16 years they can't they can't transfer the GI Bill. That doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. So basically there's a small window, right, where you can do this. You, you have to, let me go back up. You have to have signed up for f another four years after your initial six, right? But if you're in longer than 16, then you can't transfer. So basically if you're in, is that right, ten, between 10 and 16 years, you can transfer the GI Bill. <laughs> oh, way to go. Way to go, DOD. You did it again. Um, anyway, so we are running We are running down on time. I was going to cover the last poll question, but I am not going to. And this week we're going to have a surprise one, and we will get that up, and it's going to be creative based on our upcoming guest, country singer Ryan Weaver, who's coming up after we take a quick break. So hang in there and check out the interview. If you want to keep up with the latest in veteran news away from the radio, stop by our website at www.theveteransreport.com. There you'll find news headlines along with links to media outlets around the world. You can also find links to every state's veteran services office. And for you film buffs, there's even a link to a war movie database. We appreciate you stopping by the Facebook page at facebook.com slash theveteransreport. There, like the website, you'll find the latest news and information related to veterans. And for you high-speed individuals who want to limit yourself to 140 characters, stop by our Twitter account. It's a great way to find information on veteran organizations throughout the country and what they're up to. You can tweet us by using at the Vets Report. If you'd like to email the show directly, please send us your input, comments, or suggestions to editor at theveteransreport.com. Thanks again for checking out our pages. Thanks for listening, and thank you for supporting our veterans community.
Hey, and welcome back to the Veterans Report. Appreciate you all hanging in there. Uh, as I told you at the beginning of the hour, uh, this was going to be fantastic. It was going to be interesting, and it was going to be fun. And I did not lie to you. So I want to introduce our guest today, uh, Ryan Weaver. Ryan, how are you? What's going on, man? Beautiful weather down here in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> it's good to hear. I think it's uh, I think it's caught on everywhere, but uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll last longer down there. <laughs> right, right. So, um, Ryan, country music artist, U.S. Army combat vet, and the official patriotic voice of the PBR, which, for, for those folks in Pittsburgh who don't know, is Professional Bull Riders Incorporated. Um, yes, sir. That's fantastic. Uh, let me, let me. for those not aware, I want to walk through your background. Obviously, this is a veterans-geared show. You're a combat vet, but let me tee up the musical side first. Uh, you just released a new EP called Celebrate America. Uh, well, not just released it, but pretty recently, along with a uh, patriotic music video for the single Never Forgotten, a tribute to your fallen brother, U.S. Army Chief Warrant Officer Aaron Weaver. Uh, you're on. Are you still on tour with PBR? I am. Oh. We're, we're going to finish out the year. We have three more dates with them. I've already done 11 across the nation and uh, start off in Madison Square Garden this year. And um, it's just been an incredible ride. But we have three more dates. Uh, the next date will be here in Nashville on August 18th. Okay, let me mark that one down. Nashville, for those of you in the area. Uh, you recently appeared on the Huckabee Show on May 19th, which I saw. That was fantastic. Uh, recent performances include the PBR 25th Anniversary Tour kickoff at Madison Square Garden, PBR World Finals in Las Vegas, and West Point Military Academy. And past performances include Charlie Daniels Volunteer Jam at Bridgestone Arena in 2016 and 2015, which I've always wanted to go to, have never made it. Uh, CMA Music Festivals, and you've opened for some heavy hitters, man. George Jones, Blake Shelton, Craig Morgan, Montgomery Gentry, Trace Adkins, and a whole bunch more. Um, so you're kicking butt on the musical side. Now, uh, and, we'll, and we'll get into that. Um, your military background, so you have street cred with our audience. Uh, you you were military intel, right? You were uh, you were an intel guy. And I was, yeah. I started off as a 96 Bravo, which turned 35 Fox. Uh, but I was... I I transitioned to be a warrant officer while I was still in 96 Bravo. So you, you went to ninja school? Well, no. I, went to, I was an, uh, an intelligence analyst and not a very good one at that. But <laughs> Oh, man. Well, well, hey, I was became... the true oxymoron, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm not saying a thing, man. I was PSYOP, so I know how that goes. Um, but you were, but I, you became a warrant officer, which meant you knew how to disappear at the drop of a hat. So, uh, Well, uh, yeah, not have to worry about showing up for four <laughs> And then you, uh, you graduated top of your class in flight school to become a Black Hawk aviator. And in 2003, you deployed to BIOP, uh, Baghdad International Airport, which, for those of you who have been there, is a really, really lovely adventure. And uh, oh, it was awesome. <laughs> did you stop at the cafe on the second floor? Absolutely. I was there when the cafe, when, when they, uh, I think 3rd Infantry Division was living there, and we moved in after, 1st Armored Division moved in after. And uh, they had a, a, a nice cafe and all that stuff set up where the Rangers had left all their their uh, pee bottles and everything behind. <laughs> it was amazing. It was a great place to eat, sleep, and do whatever you know i was gonna say the hummus wraps were top notch it's complete sarcasm by the way no i mean it was I, we, we had good living by the time that i was done i can't complain because uh, uh the ground pounders and and the armored guys they were they were living in completely different circumstances but aviation gets treated pretty well most of the time anyway well that's not good. air force well but aviation well <laughs> <laughs> nobody in the army gets treated air force well ryan 
Right, unless they're with the Air Force, and then that's good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so where were we? Okay, so '03, you were in Baghdad. Now, your uh, one of your brothers, Aaron, got deployed uh, out in Fallujah, which, uh, just like Biop, is a, a lovely scenic, uh, bucolic community. And again, right. I, 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 yeah, dripping with sarcasm on that because I've been there too. Um, right, and, <laughs> man. Now, this is where the story kind of turns. In 2004, your brother was killed in action when the medevac helicopter he was a passenger in was shot down by enemy fire. Right. Some years later, uh, if I can math here, what is that, nine years? In 2013, your brother-in-law, who was uh, Chief Warrant Officer 2, Randy Billings, uh, went down in Afghanistan December 17th. Um, yep. After his helicopter, he was in a Black Hawk helicopter. He was piloting, and that was shot down. Um, so yep. you have... I mean, you talk about you talk about paying a price from one family. That's um, that's a lot, Ryan. Well, I think that we are a unique family, and that being a two-time Gold Star family is a unique family, and it's not the kind of uniqueness anybody wants to uh, to go through in their lives um, once, much less twice. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it was difficult, obviously, for our family, but you know, for me. One of the things that I've tried to do and been able to do, fortunately, through my music is is honor my brother's sacrifices and their memories, uh, along with all the other heroes that have lost their lives in service to this country, whether it be law enforcement, first responders, and military. All together, I've been able to put my heart and soul into it, and it's it's been an amazing journey. I'm that 13-year, quote-unquote, overnight success <laughs> story, but, um, you know, having those sacrifices in our family and you know, it just fuels my fire to want to be successful every single day and wake up. No, every day is not great, and I don't look at every day like it's the best day that, that you know, I should. But I'm a human being, but I still use their, their sacrifices to fuel my my successes. I would call it success, so, you know, relative to what everybody's looking at. But, you know, it's been an awesome opportunity. This year has been kind of the launching launching pad into the stratosphere as far as my career is concerned, but it was 13 years of hard work to get to this point. Um, and like, like I said, their, their sacrifice have fueled me. Uh, and it's been a, it's been a great thing to have them in my corner. That's for sure. So now your song never forgotten. That's a, that's basically a, uh, for lack of a better term, a tribute song, right? It is. I mean, I, I was fortunate uh, back in 2014, uh, to the day, 10 years to the day there and died. I was fortunate to sit down on the couch, my, my living room couch with a, uh, one of my co-writers that I've written the majority of my songs with, including Burn, that you guys have seen the music video that's out there with the 13 Hours guys, um, Craig Wilson, he and I sat down on the anniversary of my brother's death and wrote a song called um, What You Think of Me. And that song, I, I got to perform it um, at the Volunteer Jam. I got a, a September 11th of 2015, stand on the center circle of the Grand Ole Opry stage and perform it there. And that was the first tribute song that I really wrote for Aaron. But then when the PBR brought me on board, and we had several writing sessions to be able to create the four songs on the EP uh, that were released with the Celebrate America EP. And one of those songs we wanted to make sure to honor our, all of our fallen heroes. So we didn't want it necessarily to be military specific, but fortunately I've had, you know, was able to go back uh, to my hometown and uh, incorporate my two brothers into the memorial video for it. But we also were able to uh, join you know, efforts with two 9-11 families and NYPD and a New York Fire Department family and the Dallas police officer families that were shot in that attack, um, and a Border Patrol family member as well. So it, it, it's been a 
a great, great opportunity for me to use, uh, like I said, put my heart and soul into a song and be a co-writer on it. I actually co-wrote it with Taylor Swift's drummer and a couple other writers that were on it as well. But it's it's it comes straight from me when you hear the song. Uh, those are my words, and and obviously in in partnership with other guys, but they come from the heart. So it's as genuine as it gets. It's real. So let me let me ask you a pointy question and. Um, I mean, so, so at the outset, everything about you screams patriot, right? From your from your time in the army to your affiliation with Grunt Style, and I got to say, they make some cool shirts. Uh, to the organizations you're involved with, to the EP you released, um, the Celebrate America, and you know the other side of your life, though, Ryan, you've experienced, as I mentioned, the pain that most of us have not and will not. And obviously, I don't want to knock our country because I'm proud of it um, and I love it here, but. You know, as a nation, we sort of keep tripping over ourselves when it comes to modern warfare. So my question to you is, and, and I mean that in, in the best possible way, I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're like a big dumb animal in the U.S. Um, have there been any times in the last 15 years uh, since, since uh, you know, both since you lost both those guys, where you've thought to yourself, man, you know what, the efforts in Iraq and Afghanistan are not worth it. I mean, they're just—have you ever had that kind of—that sentiment— um, I, I can't necess- I can't say that. No, and the reason I I can't say that is because first, you know, my perspective is that my, I'm I'm never going to think not for a second that my brother sacrificed their lives for nothing. Um, a lot of folks have that perspective, but w- we do notice that there's a significant change that uh, in what's happening on, or hasn't happened on our soil, and you know, with the the new administration in the House, clearing house over there in the Middle East. Uh, it's been a we've started to see some successes and you know our country even though these these wars have gone on for the you know they say the afghanistan war is the longest war that's 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 been going on we still have lost a fraction of the americans that were lost in previous wars um and that's not to say that those losses were any less important or more important than the previous losses but they you know I don't. I could give you a million different quotes on the necessity of war. Um, there's no glory in it, but there is a necessity for it. And uh, you know, I, my my brothers, I know are both looking down and 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 looking at America. And although we're as divided as we are, it's all part of what it's all part of a growth of a nation, regardless. And we're just living in difficult times because of the divisiveness that's happened on the political realm, but. I could tell you that in the veteran realm and where I've, the, the path that I've traveled this year, I don't necessarily see that. I see a, a, a community of patriotism out there that's just unparalleled now if you, if you tap into it the right way and the appropriate way. Uh, and I think that the PBR has been able to do that with, what, with the message that we're sending this year with them. Uh, well put. Well put, and I appreciate that. Um, so we're, we're going to take a, we're going to listen to a clip from the song Never Forgotten. Uh, and then we'll come back and, and delve more into this. Never forgotten, oh no, you're not gonna disappear. Although you're gone, oh, I promise I'll keep you near. You might be one of the fallen, but never forgotten. And that is a 
That, that's an amazing song. Uh, I've listened to it. I don't know how many times in the last two weeks, um, j- just to get the feel for it. And it's, uh, I mean, I, did you have a tough time writing that? I did. Every, every time I have to write a song that, um, that deals with that, I mean, I've only written two, two songs that were specifically, uh, sub the subject matter was specifically around the deaths of my brothers. Um, but any kind of a, you know, song that's related to, or singing any kind of a song or listening to any kind of a song. I mean, I can't listen to that song myself. I, I we, we do the tribute video at every one of the PBR events, and, and I have to turn off my in-ear monitors. I have sound-isolating in-ear monitors, earplugs in, and I have to turn them off because most of the time I'm singing the national anthem right after the video gets done playing. And as soon as it gets, you know, the song gets to the part where it's talking about my niece, um, you know, my... If you go and watch, everybody goes and watches the video. You know, she's in there at the at the very end um, when she was a baby, when Aaron had just been killed in action, and then when we did the video last year. But um, you know, I can't listen to it myself. And I, I mean, I prefer, I sang the song. I would I I watched that song go from the writers' room all the way to the video being done, and recorded it, and every, you name it, went through the whole process. And it and it's still extremely difficult for me to listen to it. It's difficult, even more difficult for me to perform it because I sound like a bunch of cats fighting in a water bucket when I start crying. <laughs> when I'm singing at the same time, it's absolutely horrible. But um, I, I can't say that I love doing it as much as it hurts. I love doing it because I know the impact that it has on the audience out there because it's as true of a message as you're going to find. So let's move to something a little a little lighter. And I, and again, Ryan, thank you for, for walking through that. I know it's hey, uh, no worries, no worries. a sensitive topic. Um so the burn video, which I think is, uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, for for oh, those yeah. of you who have not seen the video, for those of you who have not seen it, go go online right now and Google that stuff and watch it. Because I, 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 again, just like the other song, I, I watched this video countless times and it just it fires you up. I was like, oh, I'm going to go do chest today because it was it was a weight room kind of day. So interesting tidbit <laughs> on the on the burn video. So you released that at the end of 2016. And mm-hmm. the song is called Burn, and you labeled it America's New Fight Song. And yep. here's the cool thing for everybody out there. This this video features uh, Chris Perano and John Tegan, right? Uh, Tegan, yeah. John Tegan. Yep. Tegan, I'm sorry. Um, no, that's all right. And these are the two guys. Some of you might be familiar with those names. Uh, these are two of the guys from the the um, the incident in Benghazi. And uh, Tegan was a, was a Marine, and, and Peranto was a... Ranger, as I as I remember, um, yep. How did you get those guys to participate in this video? I'll try. I'll try to make this story short because this actually <laughs> was a year. A lot of folks, when you watch the video, know all of you folks that are out there listening. When you watch it, it was a, a culmination of, of almost over a year of getting the funding together, getting the getting Paramount. Uh, to authorize the use of the trailer clips from the movie itself, 13 Hours Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, and the music video, uh, arranging the the, seat, the shooting locations, getting Chris Peranto on board, getting John Tigan on board, all of that, it took it took a while to do, but the first time I met John Tigan and, and um, Tig, we'll call him, and Oz, Mark Geist, they were promoting the movie at the Volunteer Jam in 2016, and, or was it 15? 2015 volunteer jam and i met them then and i had burnt we had written burn but it was only an acoustic vocal at the time and i knew that the 
you know, when you get to the end of the movie editing, they start putting in the music and the different things when they're in the final, you know, stages of it, the music starts getting put into it. And I would wanted to see if I could get a song into the, the movie because I was obviously inspired by their actions, the heroic actions. And it, it, it was, a, it's an incredible story and I would, I wanted to be involved in it. And I started talking to Oz initially and then John Tigan really got on board with me and, and he started getting really excited about it. And we ended up cutting the song shortly thereafter and recording it in the studio um, for the movie, changed the lyrics up a little bit to fit the movie a little bit um, better. Um, and then once we got that done, John and John Tigan and I really partnered up uh, to get the, the video funded and, I mean, I will tell you, without John Tigan's support and then getting Chris Peranto on board, once he did it, really put everything over the top. Uh, and the support just came flowing in because so many people believed in what we were doing. Um, we were able to get it all together, and, and we shot that entire video in one day in four different locations. And the video editor, our, the guy that has done my – he did my Crank It music video as well, um, He Patrick Tuhill, he – he edited, already had pretty much everything that he wanted, you know, in there. But it's an all first responder, law enforcement, uh, military or military family cast. Um, I was, it was great to be able to, to stay to my, uh, to who I was. We had some incredible Jeeps come in from all over the United States. Um, there was sponsors came out of the woodwork. Cryptech came on board. Um, Barrett came on board. I mean, there were just so many people that wanted to see this, see this message get put out there. And, you know, the live performance shot, that's what my show is like. So when you're watching those live performances, we had the music cranked up as loud as you could possibly crank it up in this, this um, huge hangar uh, out in Smyrna here in Tennessee. And it took us probably three hours to shoot that portion in the eve, just the live performance videos because we just were rocking and rocking and having a great time. And it was, I mean, just the whole video, putting the whole thing together, it was a year's work, over a year's work of, worth of work. And, you know, when everybody goes and watch, watches it, just know that every single component of that video, um, we, we, I mean, to be able to look at that and say there was no management company that was involved, there was no record label involved. It was just the work of some folks you know, a couple of guys, a few folks that, that put their efforts together to be able to get this video out there. And I'm super proud of it. And yeah, I mean, we call it America's new fight song because at the time I think, um, you know, America needed a message about what happened over there and how Americans came together to save American lives. And, and with the political, uh, atmosphere that was going on in the election, uh, I was 100% against a woman who would stand in front of flag-covered caskets and lie to the families of the, the individuals that were lying underneath those flags. And um, and I think that the, the video was not a political video. We, we kept it neutral. I wanted to tell the story uh, in that song about what happened to those guys and get it out to a different group of people that probably didn't know the story. Um, and it's amazing how many military service members still don't know and haven't watched the movie because of the you know PTS and the different things, but um, it's very much like a Black Hawk Down. Uh, true, you know, um, I felt that it was very much like Black Hawk Down, which my brother Aaron was part of the real event on on the ground in Mogadishu. Um, it was very much like telling that story, but what happened in Benghazi. And I encourage anybody, any of your listeners out there, if they haven't watched the movie, 
they, it's going to piss you off, but you got to watch the movie. I mean, if you're an American, you got to watch the movie. Oh, agreed. And anyway. it is it is a gripping, tough movie to sit through. It's um, it's intense. Oh, it is absolutely. And in knowing, it, even I will say, knowing the guys and, and get becoming. I mean, John and I have become very close friends. Chris and I, we get along great. I mean, it's just getting to know those guys in knowing their families and just knowing what they went through and how they how they fought like they did it just makes you proud as hell to be an american i mean if it and the movie makes you it, it gets you upset but it also makes you so proud to see just how much we uh you know and, and it that happens every single day on the battlefield it's not it's you know it's it's something that happens out there on the battlefield every single day and i'm, I'm glad that at the national level i've been able to continue my service and, and tell the stories of the of the heroes like that. Let me play a quick uh, a quick clip from that song here so everybody uh, check this out. When you dare to take a breath Don't care about no medals on your chest Your steely-eyed killer shadow in the night you were born to fight. You gotta light them up before they burn you down. Like I said, that that is a powerful song. That's um, that's in your face, and it's good. So, and, and you know the other thing I, I got to bring up, Ryan. You you're not. Some of your songs sort of are almost a hybrid. Like you you bring in a little bit of rock flavor to them. Where's that come from? I grew up listening to 80s rock. I mean, I love Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, Metallica. I mean, I grew up listening to that stuff. And my my brother, um, you know, he was he'd always have the vinyls out with the Steve Miller band and and the Eagles and just you know the the different. Uh, obviously, that's not the the 80s rock that we listen to. But you know, those those songs are what I grew up on. I didn't grow start listening to country music until the 90s when Garth Brooks was really really getting huge um that's when i started listening to it and i loved it when i was hunting out in kansas uh, you know the it just i started listening to country then so when it comes to writing songs performing songs and anybody comes to watch the show, it's a rock show i mean my songs are rock songs and i you know i wanted to continue to be who i am as as a person just as much as as an artist and developing the sound that we were going to have and i think it's it's a unique sound i I think that keeping that 80s flair in there and and i haven't written a song yet about dirt road pickup trucks on the you know tailgate (laughs) with my girlfriend drinking a coors light underneath the moonlight watching fireflies fishing on a riverbank song (laughs) haven't done that yet that pretty much covered every country song that's come out in the last four years but i and I, I, I didn't grow up that way. I grew up dirt poor. I didn't, you know, I didn't. I, so I, I want to write about things that are who I am. As and then I grew up in the army. I mean, I graduated from a small town, West Central Florida, Inverness, at Citrus High School, and went in the army at eighteen. And you know, got out and moved to Nashville in two thousand twelve. So I mean, it's I didn't grow up that way. So, but the rock element is definitely there, and you can hear that in Burn for real. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it screams out, man. I, I picked up on that. Um, but now, speaking of the music, uh, let's talk about PBR, because you've, you've thrown them in there a couple times. I want to make sure we, we give them some love. Um, PBR has their own music label, right? And you were the f- you were the first artist to sign with them? 
they they're, I'm the first international or first artist, country music artist ever to be backed by an international sports organization. We did a single song record uh, deal or single, excuse me, single EP record deal with them and started touring with them. I replaced Steven Tyler at T-Mobile Arena as the headliner for their main night on Saturday night for the World Finals in 2017. And and we started off this year at Madison Square Garden. I performed at Madison Square Garden in every arena that they've, not every arena, but most of their large arena shows and large, um, we were in front of 46,000 people at AT AT&T Stadium down in Arlington. Um, I mean, it's just been absolutely incredible. They've they brought me on to honor our fallen law enforcement first responders and military. The album does that as well, um, and the performances have just been—it's been incredible. We've been lighting up arenas for our heroes around the nation, our deployed and our fallen. Uh, and this—it's um, true red, white, and blue, blue collar, western. I mean, patriotism. It's just absolutely incredible to see how the fans of the professional bull riders. I mean, the, 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 all of the bull riders signed a pledge to stand for the national anthem, regardless of what country that they were in, if they were competing at a PBR event. And, you know, to have a professional sport do that, and they weren't trying to be the counterculture to the NFL or anything like that. It really wasn't about that. They just wanted to send a message that they were behind our, our heroes and that they would always stand with our heroes. And there's nothing like watching the opening ceremonies for a PBR event. It's just incredible. And to be part of it and being a performer there and being a combat veteran, a Gold Star family member, I am without question living with a full heart every single time I see what these crowds do and how much they love our heroes. It's been it's been an amazing experience this year. So is the uh, is the PBR tour, is that going to take up pretty much the bulk of 2018 for you, or do you have other events going on? I, I do have other concerts going on. We have concerts outside of that. I'm actually performing this weekend in Geneva, Illinois, at the Rock, to, Rock the Troops. I'm headlining that one in Geneva. If anybody's in the Illinois area, uh, I'll be headlining uh, Saturday night. I'm sitting actually here, and rehe- we're, we're rehearsing here in, in a couple minutes uh, for that show. We're, and then a week after that, I'll be in Wisconsin at Twin Lakes at the um, uh, Country Thunder. And then... The week after that, I'm actually at Nissan Stadium here where the Titans play for the Patriot Fest. And then we skip a couple weeks. There's a PBR event on the August 18th weekend that uh, I'll actually have potentially three shows that week. We're going to probably perform Friday night, Saturday night, twice on Saturday night. We're working on a second show for Saturday night. And then um, we're working on a pretty cool show. I can't announce it yet, but there's a, a pretty monster show that we're looking at at the end of August. So everybody stay in touch with me on at WeaverCountry.com or on my Facebook page at Facebook.com, Ryan Weaver Country. Um, and we're releasing shirts every week too. So, you know, all that stuff is helping out with the, the Grunt Style brand is, is really blowing up right now. So it's great. Oh, no, that's good to hear. And again, they're, they're a good company, um, good folks to hook up with. So absolutely uh, yeah I appreciate you uh, teeing up your your website and your Facebook page I had that ready to go but you were on the yeah ball. no I'll let you say it again <laughs> I have no problem with it because it's amazing how after we get done with the interview sometimes when folks will come back and say hey what was this this social media because they missed it so yeah I don't I, I appreciate you letting me do it and I have no problem you say it again no I'll <laughs> say it again man I'll say it again it is uh, weavercountry.com that's one word weavercountry.com where you can go to Facebook at Ryan Weaver Country. And for those of you who have fast thumbs, you can jump on Twitter and hit up at Weaver Country. 
Um, get yeah, all and all my socials, if they happen to miss any of those, all my social stuff, all the links are on my homepage at weavercountry.com, too. So they can find it there. Awesome. And if you want, if they want to find my shirts, the Ryan Weaver brand shirts, they just go to gruntstyle.com and search Ryan Weaver. And there, are, I think we have 13 different designs out right now. So. Oh, wow. Good. Yep. Yep. That is fantastic. I didn't know there were that many. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've been doing it for, I've been with them for about, Almost two years now, a year, year and a half. So. Oh, that's great. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, we're going to let you go because I know you have to get to rehearsal. Um, and, uh, you know, look, it's been a pleasure and an honor speaking with you today, Ryan. And I, I appreciate your music and I appreciate all you're doing for uh, for the country and, and really for vets, too. Absolutely. I can't thank you guys enough for what you guys are doing, too. I've listened to your show and I know that you guys are huge proponents and doing it the right way. I think that a lot of folks out there are trying to find great organizations to support and great people to support that are supporting our brothers and sisters in arms the right way. And I know the messages that you guys are sending out there are positive, and, and they're, they're, you can't say enough about folks like you that are continuing to serve even outside of the military and doing the right thing for our brothers and sisters in arms. So thank you, too. Well, I appreciate it. Army vet and uh, make a country star, Ryan Weaver. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Hey, you guys be safe. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of the Veterans Report. Until next time, I'm your host, Jim Cannon. You've been listening to the Veterans Report. Let others know about the show. You can find us online at theveteransreport.com. If you'd like to contact us, send an email to editor at theveteransreport.com. Join us again at the same time for up-to-date veterans news and information. The Veterans Report. Thank you for your service and carry on. The Veterans Report has been sponsored by James Cannon.